give you the full message. You want to get you everything you paid for. So, in regards to prayer, I saw a posting this week that said, we should always pray without ceasing because Satan prays P-R-E-Y without ceasing. So that's one of the best best reasons to pray. So good morning. Um, in our ongoing kind of basics of the Christian life, we've gone through you know, what we believe and, and, and spiritual disciplines. And last week was how to read and study uh, the Bible. Uh, this week we're going to talk about serving the Lord with our gifts and talents and abilities. Uh, everyone, in the, everyone in the church should have somewhere to plug in, should find somewhere to plug in and serve the Lord. In the business world, and sometimes even in the church, I've heard it say, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. You know, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. And that only leads to one thing, and that's called burnout. I mean, that's just, that's a, that's a fact of human life, is that if everybody's carrying the load, if just a few people are carrying the load, um, then it leads to burnout. And so we want to continue to look for opportunities and ways that we can plug in and serve in this church in this church family. So it's about stewardship. It's a part of a series on stewardship. So I'm going to start with the talent part and the gifts part first. And sometime, uh, maybe after Easter, we'll take a look at the time um, and the uh, treasure uh, part of stewardship. So we're going to take a look at that today. So stewardship through service. So service is using God's spiritual gifts, talents, and abilities to serve others and Him in areas of ministry. And Corinthians is very clear on that. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in vain. We know that our labor is not in vain. When you are serving the Lord, whatever gift, ability, or talent that you're using to serve the Lord, it's not in vain. We may not see the fruits right off the bat. We may not see that. I mean, we, you pray for loved ones, you pray for individuals, you plant the seed, and it may be years down the road or months down the road. I can't get through the song, which is obviously not a, a surprise to you all that I can't get through some things without crying. Um, the song Thank You for Giving to the Lord by Ray Bolts. You know, that's just, I mean, it's just all the things that, that, that the songwriter, you know, talks about, little seeds that he had planted through his life and never saw the fruits. Jeez, Mark, you're already three minutes into the sermon. It's like, you now I had a church, our first church plant that, or that Deb and I interrimmed for. They were, they, they were a younger congregations, so they were smart aleck and uh, everything. They were not gracious and, you know, holy like y'all are. And, and, uh, and they teased me at one point. They say, whenever you get going, we can see the emotion. They always, the spouses would turn to each other and go, wait for it. Because they knew the crying was about ready to come. So it's like, okay, well, you know what? Sleeve, heart, right there. Um, and I have no idea what I was talking about. I completely... Does anybody remember what I was talking about? Thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you. Keep me, keep me in tune. Thank you. Uh, all the things that that gentleman... You know, you prayed with me in Sunday school. You gave during the missions offering. And all the people that were lined up to thank this individual for the things that he had done to serve the Lord and never saw the fruits. Had no idea the impact that his life had had on people. But folks, it's important that we serve the Lord with our gifts and our, and our talents. The thing with Christians is, is that we have a unique provider of gifts and talents, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now, we all have different gifts and abilities, but the Holy Spirit is the giver 
of spiritual gifts. Every believer has a spiritual gift or two or three. You could, you know, however many, but every spirit, every Christian has a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit has given them. Corinthians says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Realize spiritual gifts are given to build up the body of Christ. Yes, we need to witness and we need to make disciples, but the spiritual gifts are given to strengthen the church family, the body of Christ. That's why it's so important that we plug in and find an area to ministry. If we're going to talk about gift giving, I love gift giving. You know, they say it's better to give and receive, and I like both. But let's take a look at the process of gift giving. I created this chart myself. You can probably tell it's so professionally done. But when you're talking about the process of gift giving, there's the flow. First of all, there's a reason or occasion for the gift. I mean, there, there usually, there, if someone just walks up and hands you a gift, you're suspicious. If you don't know the person, you're even more suspicious. And if it's ticking, you're even more suspicious. You're probably not going, oh, it's a Timex watch. But there has to be a reason or occasion for the gift. Then there is the giver themselves. And we just talked about the fact that we could do a whole message, a whole series on the Holy Spirit. And one of the Holy Spirit's responsibility, I mean, there's conviction, there is you know, strengthening, there is power to witness. There's so many roles that the Holy Spirit plays. But one of them is the passing out, the distribution of spiritual gifts. So it's wonderful when you also know the giver. Again, if a stranger walks up to you and hands you a gift, your first thought is, what's the catch? You know, I don't know you. I don't know why you're giving me this gift. So it's nice to know the giver as well as the reason for the gift. Then there is the gift itself. And we've all gone through the whole gift-giving thing and shaking it. My dad, I swear my dad, I don't swear. My dad, he used, to, he used to tease us at Christmas. He would get the boxes that we had wrapped for him and he would go, He'd go, this feels like a powder blue shirt. And we'd go, Dad. And then he'd pick up another box. He goes, hmm, is this the striped tie? And he was, he would love to do that, which I don't know why he did that. It was just awful to us kids because we couldn't figure out how he knew. That's probably because my mom bought it all and wrapped it for us, but he, (laughs) he knew what the gifts were and it used to, it used to bother me. But we all give gifts. We love giving gifts and we love receiving gifts. And so the gift is so important that we need to make understand that a gift, the well, let's go on through the, through the process. My mind's going in five different ways, which is surprising. Then there's the recipient. Who's receiving the gift? And then there is the purpose or the intent or the use for the gift. That's the whole... You, probably didn't, you didn't think gift-giving was so complex. You know, I, I laid away hours to create this entire thing to make you now completely bummed out about, gee, you know what, I just thought I just gave somebody something because I liked them. No, there's a whole process that you went through without knowing it. So there's a reason, there's the giver, the gift, the recipient, and the purpose of the intent. And one of the best ways to show appreciation for a gift is what? To use it. To use it. What does somebody say? To re-gift it? <laughs> like fruitcake? I'm not... Yeah, whoever made fruitcake, that's just... its You know, they've never made any more. It's the same fruitcake from 50 years ago. It's just being moved around, but... The reason for the gift, you show appreciation for a gift by using it. 
if someone gives you a gift and let's say it's an apparel and you never wear it, they begin to wonder whether you really appreciated it. You know, if you go to people's houses or your families, you're giving gifts, you give them something to use and, and you don't see it. And you wonder, do they really appreciate that gift? There was an intended use for that gift. And yes, we're going to get to the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts, but I want us to understand why it's so important to use the gift that we have been given by the Holy Spirit. Because that shows appreciation to the Holy Spirit for that gift you've received, and now you're going to use it for the intent and the reason that it was meant to. Here's some quotes on gift giving that I found. Where were we? I would have gone to the library to find these, right? Where was we were before the internet? Don't get me started. Here's some quotes on it. Speaking of gift giving, Jeff Foxworthy. You know Jeff Foxworthy? Changing a diaper is a lot like getting a present from your great-grandmother. You're not sure what's inside, but you're pretty sure you're not going to like it. Uh, The best gift you can give is the gift of love. Either that or a scented candle. And that's on the Yankee Candle website, just in case you wanted to know that. Here's one, Leo Viscalia. Our talents are the gift that God gives us. What we do with them is our gift back to God. I like that. That was just, there's so many cool things I wish I'd have thought of that people write. Irma Bombeck, as you well, many of you know Irma Bombeck. Thanks to my mother, not a single cardboard box has ever found its way back into society. We, her adult children, still receive gifts and boxes from stores that went out of business 20 years ago. And I've seen that as one of the quandaries of being an adult is throwing away a good box. You just want to hold on to that. Um... Here's one by William Smith, Loving Well is the book. When I realize that God makes his gifts fit each person, boy, that's, that's scriptural. There's no way that I can covet what you've got because it wouldn't fit me. Wow. Wow. You know, many people have come up and said, boy, I wish I could preach like you. Well, maybe two. <laughs> and says, boy, I wish I could preach like you. I go, well, no, you, you do it because then we'd all be up here. There'd be 52 people up here preaching and there wouldn't be anybody else doing anything else in, for, for the Lord. We can't all be an eye. We can't all be an ear. You know, we are a body and every body has a part and this part does, you know, and we know about parts of our bodies and how we, we take care of them. And that's why the church is. We all have a role to play. Two more. Um, this one uh, is, is an interesting one from Vicki Covington, The Bird of Paradise. And you have to think about this. I, I probably should have made a slide out of it, although I just found these recently. Wasting talent and gifts is a sin. Now, I'm not big on sin. I should do this with a southern accent because this is a southern person. Now, I'm not big on sin, but I know sin when I see someone staring me in the face. It's just not courteous to not use or wear something that someone's given you as a well-meaning gift. It goes against the southern way. Not that God is southern, mind you, but I do think He expects us to be an example for the rest of the world as far as manners go. So, that's using the gift that God has given you. And finally, never look a gift horse in the mouth. Now, many people have asked, and including me, what I don't understand what that phrase means. Well, looking gift horse in the mouth, I guess, again, y'all that have horses probably are going to tell me I'm either right or wrong. But one of the ways to tell a horse's health is their teeth. And if you were given a horse, you should not check the teeth to see if it's a healthy horse or not. Just accept the gift. 
Okay, be happy that the gift is free. And so that's what it means. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. In other words, don't examine its teeth to see whether it was a good horse or a bad horse. Just accept the gift. So let's talk about when it comes to talents and gifts and abilities, but primarily spiritual gifts, we have to establish the purpose and the goal for these. First of all, a spiritual gift is not a natural talent, a fruit of the Spirit, or a role or responsibility. If you take a look, there's asterisks throughout the notes, and you'll see different kinds of, of spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the Bible, Romans and Corinthians and Ephesians. There's all sorts of references on spiritual gifts, and that's yet another expanded version of this particular sermon. But we take a look at, you know, and theirs were called to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, the gifts of mercy, serving, discernment of spirits, encouraging, administration, hospitality, giving, healing, speaking and interpretation of tongues, wisdom, and miracles. And I probably missed a couple, but in this series that I've done with the list, that's kind of the culmination. So each one of us are given a spiritual gift or more. I always, uh, I always refer to my wife, my beautiful, wonderful wife. Her gifts are gifts of mercy and serving, which are completely opposite of mine. I am not a serving person. I try really hard, but if there's something going on and my wife's there, she's pitching in to help. I'm somewhere else in the building. But I love to be up in front. Debbie, if Debbie uh, ever had to get up in front and preach, I think she would die. But she knows that. She's, but she's a loving, caring, and her gifts, her spiritual gift is, is serving. And she has served in churches for our 43 years of marriage. That has been her gift in the church. And so we all have different gifts, and we can't envy. Like the one quote said, is that if God fits each gift, if God fits each gift, this is bad for a pacing pastor. If God gives each fits each gift for us, then how can I covet what you have? How can I want to be like you? Because that gift just wouldn't fit me. Just like a sweater that wouldn't fit. If if you know someone, why would someone give me a small? There's just no way that that would fit. That small will fit someone else, but it doesn't fit me. Understand that everyone who is a believer has a spiritual gift as well as a unique mix of talents and abilities. Once again, I enjoy public speaking. Even before someone came to me, um, oh my gosh, 30 years ago, and I had substituted for a Sunday school class, and one of the, the, the older gentlemen in the church had, had sat in on the class. He came up, he said, you got the spiritual gift of teaching. I went, no, 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 no. I was just filling in for the, for the couple that was on vacation for two weeks. He goes, no. He goes, you have the spiritual gift of teaching. And I never even thought about it. But prior to that, I was always up in front of people. I mean, I have the gift, the talent of public speaking. I love public speaking. For 25 years, I was a marketing executive, and I spoke at all these events. I made myself the MC. If I was in charge of the event, I'd go, you know, who's going to be the MC? Um, I am. So thank you very much. You don't have to worry about that. So there is a combination where your talents and your abilities and your spiritual gifts come together. I've always said, if you hate children, don't serve in the children's ministry. Okay? I mean, that's a special, that is another God-given talent that I do not have, is that is, is patient with children other than my own grandchildren. you got to be patient with your own grandchildren. There's that special deal, but... I don't like other people's kids. I'm just being honest with you. Um, so you have to take a look at that combination. Okay, well, thank you, honey. This is our last Sunday here today. It's been wonderful serving you all for the last six weeks. 
All spiritual gifts, talents, and abilities are equally precious and valuable in God's eyes for serving Him. So if you think, I don't, not yet, if you don't think that you have the ability, oh, I don't have enough ability or talent to do that job, well, maybe that's not the, oh, the one you want to do or you're called to do. God will lay that on your heart. I've seen it over and over again where people have been open for God to lead them in a direction. And it may come by an opening that you hear about. It may be something that God lays on your heart. It may be a conversation you have. It may be in prayer and devotions. But God will lay on your heart areas that you will feel drawn um, to serve. And everyone is equally precious. I go back to that, uh, the, the series on, on, you know, God is the, uh, uh, the potter and we're the clay. The tough quote I saw was, if God is the potter, if you believe God is the potter and you're the clay, then he doesn't owe you an explanation. (laughs) That was just like, you know, funk right here. But there's also passage in the scripture that talks about that, that if God is the potter and the clay, that God fashions the clay and fashions us into the vessels that he needs us to be and to be used by. And we can't say, well, why did you make me the commode instead of the vase in the middle of the foyer? God said, because that's what I chose to do. You know, he can make us. And there's, there's some, some are people, are, our vessels are fashioned to be shown and others are fashioned to be hidden. But they still serve a function. There are prayer warriors in here. Boy, don't I know it. I see the emails every week that Bernice sends out. She starts out with, Dear Prayer Warriors. There are people in this congregation whose gift is prayer. Have you been around someone whose spiritual gift is prayer? They get to start and heaven opens right up. Grandpa Schofield, back at the church we grew up with, we had Wednesday night prayer meetings. And the teens, of course, we were forced to go to these things. And um, we'd sing a few songs and we'd all have to kneel. Yes, actually, we knelt. And then all you were trying to do was find something to read, even if it was the hymnal, because you were just trying to get through this, this, this Wednesday night prayer time. But I tell you, people would take turns praying. And then to end, Grandpa Schofield, he was a, a grandpa to our friends. He wasn't our grandpa. He'd start out, Dear Lord, deep voice. And I tell you, right near the beginning of that prayer, everybody, the teens stopped talking. That guy had opened up heaven and he had that passion and that desire to pray. A lot of us pray, we all pray, but there is a gift, a spiritual gift that just drives people to want to pray. And everything is equal. But that's behind the scenes. You don't see that. You see the praise and worship team. And I got to tell you, folks, after five churches that I've interim pastored, y'all have a great group of people ministering you in the praise and worship teams. Please know how blessed you are. Please know how blessed you are. Because I have been, we have pastored churches. One church we pastored didn't even have a team. Because of the circumstances, we had nobody. First Sunday I show up, there's no praise and worship team. Thank you for having one when I came the first Sunday. Um, So I sat down at the piano and... No, I'm not going to go play right now. Um, but Sandy Messer knows I can play. <laughs> we used to do duets and stuff back at the Westminster Church. I sat down at the piano and I led from the, from the hymnal. It, it was all I could do. I mean, there was, there was nobody. I didn't even know how to turn on the sound system. So just understand, again, talking about ministering with your gifts and talents, thank you for everyone that's involved in the music ministry here. That's just my own personal 
thank you. And also those that are leading the children's and the teens and, and, and Celebrate Recovery and all those other ministries. I don't want to leave anyone out, but thank you for those that served in leadership on the, on the church board. God has entrusted us with certain resources, gifts, and abilities. Our responsibility is to honor that trust by managing these things well according to His design and His desire. So, I was, uh, Pastor, you know, Dave Ralph, the, the former district superintendent, he and I were chatting about this one time, and, and he came up with this acronym. And if you know me again, you know I like alliteration, and I like acronyms. I just, everything can be done that way. I mean, I, every sermon outline, I can create an acronym for. I can. You can challenge me sometimes. Walk up and say, here's the topic, create an acronym, and I can. Now, you will after the service, and what will happen is I won't be able to. But I love acronyms, and I love um, alliteration, which means everything in the same letter. So let's take a look at getting in shape. Those of us that are looking to serve in the Lord, we, we discussed this and we said, you know, there are dimensions with the spiritual gifts that draw us to certain areas of ministry. And that is, let's get in shape. How do we determine when, where, and God has called us to serve? I get that all the time. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know where God wants me to serve. I just, I don't know where. Opportunity, there's, there's many reasons. First of all, like I said, opportunity. I mean, in, their, in your bulletin, every Sunday there's an opportunity. We're looking for, we're looking for, we need this. So there's always opportunity. Secondly, the need, the calling on your heart, your availability. And then there's others, compulsion, guilt, control, visibility. Yes, I like getting up in front of people. I have to pray every time that I'm doing this for the Lord and not just because I want you all to laugh and think I'm a really nice guy. So visibility sometimes, it's not a good motive, but that sometimes is. Recognition, these are all motivations, some right and wrong. It has been suggested by a number of sources, authors, pastors, and teachers that each opportunity to serve is in a unique shape. I wanted to give credit to anybody else out there that ever written anything about this. It was just not Dave Ralph and I. It's in a unique shape, and much like the child's hand-eye coordination game, um, God, the Holy Spirit, fits us or calls us into the areas that match our own shape. So let's start. Number one, S is spiritual gifts. There's the list down there from the different from Romans, Corinthians, and Ephesians. So our spiritual gifts are a start. Again, these are not what you do in your job. You know, this is inside the church because the spiritual gifts are given to serve the body of Christ. So spiritual gifts. Secondly, your heart. What is your passion? So all of you have a passion or a heart. And if you take a look at it, the next slide, we're going to show you every area there is to possibly serve in this church that I could come up with. Now, I'm going to miss something. Okay, I apologize right off the bat. If I've missed your ministry, please, please don't be upset at me. I'm just going through the bulletin and in conversation with people, I tried to create what I thought was a reasonable list. I know I'm going to miss something right now. I'm scared to even put the list up because I've, I've missed something. But what is your heart and your passion? What, what, what drives you? What do you enjoy doing? Do you enjoy cooking? Boy, I tell you, there's meals for all sorts of events. I mean, you know, when we have events on, there's meals that need to be there's meals that need to be taken to people that are shut-ins or that have gone through some sort of heartbreak. If you like to cook and you can provide those meals, there's a ministry. No one's ever going to see it except the individual that you deliver it to. <clears throat> when Debbie and I lost a baby um, early on in our marriage, we uh, we were devastated, and the church decided to put meals together for us. Well, as the husband. 
I didn't want them bringing meals to our house because it was my job to take care of my wife. And I didn't want, and my two little, our two little boys, it was my job. So I was going to refuse the meals when they came to the door. Now you've lost all respect for me. And so we, we finally, we, we accepted them, and one couple, family brought us gazpacho, um, which if you don't know, that's a cold vegetable soup. And they brought us the vegetable, the, the, the tomato base, it's a t- tomato base, and then all of the little containers with the chopped up celery and the carrots and the, you know, all the stuff that you put in there and the cucumbers and all that neat stuff that you put in, and, it, and then you eat it cold. <clears throat> well, I did that, and it was terrible. And I went out and got pizza for the boys and, and Deb, and I just stuck it, I put it all together and I stuck it in the fridge. So the next day I decided I'm going to give it another shot. Can I tell you, I love gazpacho. <clears throat> that family showed me something I would have never, ever eaten in my entire life because of their ministry. Our associate pastor sat down with me the first time I turned a couple away, a family away for the meal, and he says, What are you doing? I said, it's my responsibility as a husband to take care of my family. And he said, but you're denying people an opportunity to minister. So shut your mouth and accept the meals when they come to the door. And I went, wow, I guess that's the kind of pastor I'm going to have to be. Tell people, just shut your mouth and accept the gift. <laughs> but it was, such, it was such wisdom to say my pride was getting in the way of allowing someone else to minister. So what is your heart and your passion? What is your abilities? You know what? I mean, there's people that have abilities for, you know, um, uh, to take care of things and to build things and to, and to uh, uh, fix things. Oh, I can't fix anything. I, I'm, I'm not a fixer. I do do a, a few projects around the house. We do have a water heater that's been off for six days because I don't know how to light the pilot light. I've gone down there and I've tried all the directions. We have a friend that's eventually going to come over, but i got to tell you, six days of cold showers, whoo, i got to tell you. But I don't fix things. That's not my ability. I, I don't do things with cars. It's what car repair people are meant to do. That's what they do. But we all have abilities as well. Personality. Personality is a big thing. Once again, I tease. If you don't like kids... Don't serve in the children's ministry. If your personality is not one that fits a particular ministry, then you probably don't want to be in that ministry. And then finally, experience. Sometimes experience makes things... Part of the uh, joy I have in, in, in doing a, a, an interim pastoralship is leadership and administration part. I've told the church board, I think there's three areas for a pastor, um, and that is leadership and administration, teaching and preaching, and then pastoral care. And, and, in, and you're lucky... You're blessed if you get one with all three. But my experience as an executive allows me to have administrative abilities and experience, and that has lended itself to several churches that have needed that administrative experience to come in and kind of get things taken care of. So along with our our, our spiritual gifts and the shape, what God has put you in, the difference, the, the heart, the passion, abilities, personality, experience, we look for ways to plug in and serve the Lord. Let's go to the next slide. Here is my, um, you know what, I'm looking at there, and I bet you I didn't, do I have missions up there? Because Yes, good. Because I was looking over here in that direction to Monty and Renee, I thought, I hope I got missions up. But here's the opportunity. The opportunity doesn't mean there's necessarily an opening. It doesn't mean that right now there's this huge need, because a lot of these are covered. But I'm just saying, here is areas in our church 
that are, are have opportunities to serve. Youth and children, the praise and worship team, AV and sound booth, coffee fellowship, outreach, missions, men's, women's ministry, Sunday school, greeters, facilities, maintenance and upkeep, grounds upkeep and beautification next Saturday. Opportunity to, if you like to get your hands dirty, if you don't, doesn't matter. Just the beautification part, fixing things, evangelism, ushers, visitation, prayer, leadership, communion, compassion, celebrate recovery, hospitality, events, dinners. Also, I should probably have printed this out and handed it out, but folks, that is what a church family, that is the parts and the pieces and the body parts of a church family, the body of Christ. All of those are needed in order to serve the Lord through this church family as a whole. You can't do all of them. Nobody up there can do all of them. But you can plug in somewhere. I just want to conclude um, with this passage. It's from uh, Ephesians. Uh, the, the primary equipping of the, belief, of the believer for service is through spiritual gifts. It says, To equip the people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. From him the whole body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And then the other reason how you are equipped to serve the Lord, spiritual gifts, and then of course studying the word. Having God speak to you through the word. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And finally, I think some closing thoughts. These are the gifts that I, or the, the quotes that I gave earlier. The last one is from, again, Irma, Irma Bombeck. I'm going to close with that, and that is two of them. God gave you talents, abilities, and spiritual gifts to benefit others, not yourself. And again, when I stand before the Lord at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left. And I could say, I used everything you gave me. So let us pray as we move forward, as we plug in, as we support each other, as we grow. And we will get through this transition period. And I know I'd like to say that and greater, greater days are ahead. It may not seem like it, but greater days are ahead for Longmont Nazarene if we all find a place to serve. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day again, this chance to be together. Thank you for this church body. Father God, we know that you said that Christ is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ, and everybody has a role to play. We pray, Father God, that you will begin right now speaking to hearts and to minds and, and, and putting impressions upon them. It may not be today. It may be next week. It may not be immediately. But help us all, Lord, to leave here with an open mind and open heart on where and how we can serve you. Again, I lift this church family to you. We lift the leadership, Lord, and our district leadership in the search for a pastor. We pray and thank you for those that are so involved in ministries right now and leading ministries and sacrificing time. And some are, are, are carrying burdens, Lord, so heavy in responsibilities because of the changes going on. And I just lift them to you and ask you to give them encouragement and strength. But, Father God, thank you, God, for your love and your mercy, your forgiveness, your protection, and your provision. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. We look forward to his return. Amen.